and welcome to Point of Origin, Episode 2, the podcast where we make far too many jokes about this show beginning on Showtime. Well, one of us does, anyway. I can't help myself, I'm sorry. I'm Mel, and the one who's going to be making the Showtime comments over there is Liz. <laughs> it's Showtime, it practically begs for it. It is 2019, and Showtime has not changed. I would No, I don't watch it. Well, What's on Showtime? I don't... Sex and Carnage. That's why I don't watch it's like it. HBO on steroids. I don't you watch ever... HBO either. Did you hear about the Spartacus show? No. Oh, oh wait. I, th- I think I remember okay. hearing that was on Showtime. Like a vaguely, I mostly remember hearing like spoofs about it rather than well, the actual thing. It wasn't like terrible or anything. It's just <laughs> it's a great reference because it's just all sex and blood and carnage and ridiculousness. Oh, the show was actually good. How so. lovely. Yeah, Showtime does make good shows. It just. I mean, there's a reason why I made so many comments about this being the full bush episode. Yeah. So, now that we've been introduced, <laughs> we are starting with episode one of the TV show. Actually, according this this show is so old that the pilot is not episode one. It is the pilot. Oh, that's right. Well, <laughs> yeah. But it does have an official title, Children of the Gods, which actually does sound pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds like it could be its own movie. Right. Uh, Which is good, because it's the length of a movie. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a pilot! That's what they do! And it's on Showtime. It's like their own little movie thing. It's like Skinamax. Cinemax? <laughs> they call it Skinamax. It's a joke. Again, never watched! How are you this? Okay, there, I'm just... <laughs> Moving on. I love the synopsis, though, that the little booklet with the DVD comes with. Oh yeah, once again, we are not... Yeah, it's on streaming. I have all of the DVDs, so we might as well take advantage of that fact, because I got to break out my beautiful box set, so we're going to be reading from there, because the official ones are always funnier than what's on IMDb, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Only downside to watching it on DVD is apparently since this came out in 1997, subtitles just aren't a thing, (laughs) so we have to be careful and actually listen. Oh, no. I know, the horror. We've been spoiled by subtitles. But yeah, this synopsis is kind of great. As Colonel Jack O'Neill, two L's this time, <laughs> and his team journeyed to Abydos. Before this, it wasn't really named, I don't think. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, they so. never named it. Cool. So, journey to Abydos to confront deadly warriors and laser-firing death gliders. That's just beautiful. O'Neill realizes that this new mission seems hauntingly familiar, and that the, an old enemy has returned to take his revenge on Earth. But the, Hauntingly that's, familiar. That's no shit. not old enemy. That's I know, it's not, not an old enemy. There's so much wrong with that. I mean, the higher-ups think it's an old enemy, right. but it's but, not an old enemy. Right? It's like, okay, so hauntingly familiar, it's like, well, duh, no shit. <laughs> and then, old enemy, uh, well, I, oh, I guess it's because Technically when they because, come through, they're wearing well, the helmets, they don't know any, they don't know any better by that point. But as soon as they go through, they immediately know it's not raw. Well, not, like, immediately. It takes, like, until, I think it's not until they get to Chulak that they figure it out. No, no, because they, as soon as, as soon as they describe it, Jack's like, well, they didn't come from here. No, Jack. Daniel. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so, but, whatever, it's close enough. It's, either way, the blurb is wrong. <laughs> I think technically, technically, if you go way back in time, Apophis is Earth's old enemy? Uh, you know what, man, it has been so long. Like, maybe they're referring to the gold as a peop- as a, as a group. Sure, let's go with that. I mean, it's, it's a one-sentence long yeah. synopsis, and it, they have to go for dramatics. You can interpret. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you know, whatever. But yeah, that's that. I just, I just think it's really funny with the laser firing death glider. Listen, we all know the most important thing in this episode. Hmm. It's Captain Doctor. <laughs> Captain Doctor. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've done that. 
All right. right. On to the show. So, yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, start watching it. Cool. And after we're done, we'll come back and talk about it. So the premise of our entire show. Alrighty, so episode's over. Whew, that was a ride. So, that was Children of the Gods. That was written by Jonathan Glassner and Brad Wright. The Stargate Masters. Mm-hmm. And they certainly showed their stuff. Um, <laughs> directed by Mario as a party? As a party. Sure. And he showed some good framing, yeah, framing yeah. moments in there, especially at the end. Especially with, like, a pilot, you don't have to actually be that good yeah. at directing in terms of you have so much stuff you have to cram into a pilot. Yeah, you know what, for, for, for an hour and a half pilot where there was so much stuff they had to get in there, he didn't, like, like, I always turn back to, um, shows like NCIS in particular. I hate the way it's filmed. <laughs> I loathe the way it's filmed. Yeah. I don't, I can't. Like, my mom liked to watch it, mm -hmm. and at some point I just became really aware of, like, filming techniques and stuff. Oh, yeah. Just definitely. watching enough yeah. things, you just become aware of, like, oh, that's oh, a yeah, nice way of filming through the the uh, debris there, or, you know, oh, that's some nice lighting, or blah, 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 blah. Like, you know me, I'm obsessed with filming yeah, techniques, mm -hmm. so I get you. And at some point, like, I just was in the room with her while she was watching, I'm like, ooh, this is filmed badly. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like how this one's directed, because it's... There's a they, lot going they, on. He's very, he has a very light hand in this one. Yeah. The, the camera's very mobile. Yep. But at the same time, there's a lot of big wide shots. Yes. Oh, I love the wide shots. The camera's nice and mobile. He doesn't just do, like, you know, chest height, focusing on someone. Yep. Like, there was that nice shot when they were walking into uh, SGC where they were just following the feet mm -hmm. from yep. floor level. That was cool. That was a nice little shot. It's not too fancy or anything, yeah. but it's something a little different, and it brings that mobility to the... It brings mobility to a very long, um, fraught right. episode. <laughs> it's like, you know, tight directing and tight cinematography have their place. In a pilot, they very rarely yeah. do. Because there you, have to, you have to do basically one shot after another, one direction after another. It has to be a lot of um, establishing type shots. Because otherwise, yeah. you're going to miss a lot. There weren't too many cuts. Yeah. I just, I appreciate the light hand. You can't have a heavy hand of directing. Like, you can't be like, no, we're going to be really on point. We're going to be like narrowing everything down because if yeah. you do that in a pilot you're gonna miss way too much especially on a sci-fi show <laughs> no shit right Ugh. but yeah no, I, I appreciate the light hand we'll see if you don't know, he directs some more episodes apparently yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, if he uh, we'll continues keep an eye that. on if we keep enjoying his yeah versatility is key and yeah and at the end of the day this episode was written by the two men who were stargate so he even if he had like been a bad director, he couldn't have fucked up too much no. because he had a very well done script to mm -hmm. adhere Absolutely. to. So yeah, so let's uh, start from the beginning because this is a no, this is basically a movie. <laughs> basically. It's a it's a two parter pilot that just they just on the DVD they threw it into one. I think if it was on Hulu, if we watched it on Hulu, it would be two parts. I know when they re released <clears throat> it back years ago, they would mm -hmm. um it was a whole thing like. You know, Blu-ray, Children of the Gods. Like, they just released the pilot episode. Uh -huh. I think they did it as, as a two-parter. Yeah, I think if, um, like, yeah, IMDb actually. it's listed as a two-parter. Oh, there we go. There we go. Um, and I think on the streaming it's a two-parter. Also, I know that in the very beginning they um had it as, uh, because it was Children of the Gods and then Enemy Within. A lot of people 
thought enemy within was part two. Yes, yeah, a lot of people attributed that as part of a part one, part two. So it really depends. It's kind of like um, George Lucas with Star Wars. Depending on what year you watched it, yeah. it is one of many possible versions. So yeah, so uh, we'll start from the beginning. Um, this takes place a year? A year after. A year after the movie. In reality, it's uh, three years after, because of 94 versus 97. <laughs> Still, like, it's not that much. It's it's an interesting, it's an interesting like middle ground between like, because there's a lot of things that's like it's been ten years since anything's been done with it, and we're gonna we're gonna resurrect it. And then there's oh this happened last year, let's do yeah. something more with it. But no, they waited a couple years to be like, hey, that was a great movie, do something about it. Yeah. And it was late '90s versus early '90s, so it's just slight better aesthetics. And yeah, a little bit, stuff. <laughs> a little bit more um physical uh, effects. I did. I did appreciate. There was some. There was some not so great um, CGI. Yes, yeah. but this is also the difference between a movie budget and uh, granted Showtime. I think they had bigger budgets back then. It was like the HBO shit today. Season one of Stargate had an abysmal budget. Oh yeah, wow, yeah, abysmal. Yeah, it gets better. Yeah, uh, but yeah. seasons of shows always have crappy budgets. <laughs> have you seen the Orville season one versus Orville yeah, season yeah. two? Yeah, I mean. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So a uh, year after the events of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, we open up in. The embarkment room? Embarkation. Embarkation. I think. Yeah. The embarkation room with the Stargate covered, and there's just a bunch of soldiers sitting at a table playing poker. Because that's the obligatory scene. That's always how they do that shit in movies and TV shows. It is. That's a very classic setting. <laughs> yeah. And there's always that obligatory newbie soldier. And of who course, always nervous that somebody's a gonna woman. Come see. Yeah, well, this guy gets great. Yeah. So they're playing, and suddenly the Stargate activates. Yeah. Oh, but before that, I really appreciated the uh, symmetry in that with the movie, they you know show that the kid got possessed by Ra because he was the only one that showed bravery. He was oh, walks yeah. up to it. Oh, She's yes. the one who gets kidnapped. She's Once again, the, the whole one being suspicious, thing. suspicious about the game. Yeah, it's a symmetry thing. The mm-hmm. pr- only person who's you know brave and kind of stupid to walk up is the one who gets taken. A little symmetry thing. So yeah, the uh, Stargate activates. And a bunch of dudes in armor and metal snake heads come out. Very distinctly different heads from the ones we saw in the movie. Yep. In the movie, it was um, bird and jackal heads. It was Anubis and uh, Ra, technically. Right. <laughs> heads. Still don't know why Ra, Anubis's hair, head was there, but whatever. Yeah, what whatever. Whatever. But yes, it's a snake that comes out. Basically, they wind up abducting the female, the one female. Yeah, that's just just not even going to touch that. Yeah. It's like my one downside with this this episode. It's like so your one downside. My my big sticking there's a you know season 1. <laughs> there are a lot of problems with season 1. Yeah. I mean, we love this show, but it's not perfect. Season 1 is rough. We love it even with its imp- we love it for its imperfections. It just is character. Yeah, so uh, the female soldier's abducted, and the all, all the other ones are killed. <laughs> right. Just just dead. Like, not not even, like, didn't even take any time. It was just no. slaughter fest. Mm-hmm. And then it's time to go collect Jack, because he's the last person who did anything um, real with the Stargate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he was in charge, and they're like, hey, 
if you aren't lying to us, how did someone come through here? Yeah, I do like their, uh, they, they play him hard. Also, Richard Dean Anderson, great actor. No poker face to speak No of. poker face. Holy shit. I'm, not, I'm, I'm guessing that was actually an acting choice for O'Neal, but O'Neal, you need a better poker face. Yeah, Dear God. especially because His eyes just gave ops. away everything. He did black ops. You can just assume he'd be a little bit better at that, but maybe whatever. He's, maybe he's just bad at lying to um, direct authority figures. Direct authority figures. I'll take it. It makes sense to maybe. me. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I do love the, uh, parallels between them coming to fetch Jack in the pilot as opposed to the movie, mm-hmm. where in the movie he's, like, at the end of his rope, and, and he's, you know, suicidal. Suicidal <laughs> and, uh, sulking in his, uh, son's bedroom. Yeah, this one, he's this definitely one, made some progress he's, emotionally. Yeah, he's emotionally freer, he's up on his roof, he's looking at the stars. It's a really nice moment, because it's, it's, uh, to introduce us to the new lighter Jack. The one with two L's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they bring him in and question him about the mission. Uh, basically, Hammond. Love Hammond. Yeah. We're gonna... He, I, he the way... Get the, <laughs> the way when he first came in, we both just immediately were just yes, so happy to see him. The moment we saw him, we Don both at the Estes same time went, Hammond! Was a, he was a great actor. I, I, I will never be... I will never not be upset that he's dead. <laughs> He was a great actor. He was a good guy. He did a great job with the character. He was such a great father figure to them all on the show. Do you know how happy I was to see him in the pilot of Psych? Really? Yeah. He's I, the dad who... Oh, shit. That's right. Yeah, he's the that. dad who killed yeah. the son in, in uh, the pilot of Psych. Right. I love him to death. But yeah, so uh, he is questioning Jack about the first trip through the gate. Basically trying to uh, trap him in a lie about, so, you you blew up. The gate on the other side, yes? That's what you said you did. And Jack's like, yeah! Mm-hmm. That, that, that's what I did. Yep. 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 Right, totally. so where did the guy with the glowing eyes come from then? <laughs> so basically they decide, Jack, you know, he's bad at lying, but he keeps his, he, he keeps his ground, and his men have his back, so no one's ratting him out. Uh, so they decide to test him yep. by sending another bomb through. Like, well, we'll just, we'll just make sure. The entire interaction of Hammond just having that little smile on his face the entire just time. Just waiting for just Jack to crack. playing him so easily. Was- because Jack does crack. Yep. And says, okay, I didn't blow up the bomb at the gate. Just I did blow up the bomb, though. Semantics. <laughs> Semantics. But yeah. So, uh, Jack admits that his, his report was a little... A little wrong. A little wrong. Just, you know. And that Daniel's still alive. Yeah. Details. Well, as far as I know, again, they did point <laughs> yeah, out later to the Theoretically, yeah. It has been a year. Yeah, that's that's actually what it comes down to. They're like, okay, well, he was alive when you left, but we did see a glowing-eyed <laughs> bad guy come through the gate. Yep. And as far as we know, it only goes one place. So how do you know he's still alive? And Jack comes out with the ingenious... Um, method of contacting Daniel. Which, again, I have to, I know that we kind of decided that it made kind of sense not to, not to use the mouth. Because, because it's immediate like, military Yeah, you know, military presence, like, they would give away that thing, but they don't even for a second address it. They don't just go, well, we can't send him out because of this. They just go, how are we going to figure this out? Oh, I have an idea. <laughs> it's like, they just Well, I actually, we, we were it. talking over it a bit. I think Hammond and his advisor dude, I can't remember his name, we'll, we'll remember his name later when he's actually even more of a problem. Right. But um, they do start to talk about, like, sending through some sort oh, of mouth. Oh, shit, you're and right. And then Jack goes, actually. Actually, yeah. <laughs> and then the most, the best part of this whole fucking show, I swear. He is- takes a box of tissues and tosses them through the wormhole. 
That's it. Just tosses a box of tissues through the wormhole. It's a great little call out. And then they wait for a little while. And after a bit, the, the uh, wormhole activates again on the other side. And out comes an empty tissue box with, on the side in big letters, thanks, send more. Beautiful. <laughs> it's so great. I love That's one of the iconic it's, moments of this episode. It's, it's clever. I like it. It's clever. Yes. Can you imagine if it had been, like, um, overtaken a gold? by gold? And I guess <laughs> tissue like, box. what is what this? What are we supposed to What the hell? I can, like, shake that. it next to their head. Like, what is Pulling out do? pieces of tissue. Just like, what the hell is this shit? This is, this is no weapon. This is fragile. <laughs> This is a weak. <laughs> oh, I would love to see that scene. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, I can picture it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they. Jack's like, well, that means Daniel's alive. Mm -hmm. So they decide to uh, authorize a trip through the gate to go figure out what the hell is going on. Yep. Uh, Jack goes through with Kowalski and, like, other men that's work that worked on there introduced. before. But we have to bring in one of the most important members of the team Captain Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, the introduction of Amanda Tapping might just be the best fucking thing ever, because she has a cool little one-liner as she comes in, you know, like, actually. And then she puts him, puts all the men there Oh, she's so great. Place. I love that they literally just do a Top Gun moment with Kowalski doing the, have you ever flown it, blah, 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 blah. With the G-Force And she's whatever. like, yes. Yeah. Well, well. It's, it's, it's worse than that. that. <laughs> good save. She almost so had you. good. No, she just, I love her. Such fucking sexism. They call it out, and they put it in perspective, and she just doesn't take any I do love that the TV show doesn't shy away from that. Oh, no. They're like, that. yeah, great. these are military men. They are in a boys' club. And I, I like how we're on either sides of how much we uh, like or hate the line. I will never get over that line of, just because my reproductive organs are on the inside. <laughs> it's just, I love it. The way she phrases I, it. <laughs> I appreciate the impetus behind it. I just feel like the phrase itself is incredibly clunky. I don't. And I, think I it's feel smooth. I think here's she pulls the thing. It off. I think the TV show thinks that it's incredibly clunky because they mock themselves in episode 200 with it. Well, yeah, and and, and Mobius, uh, when she, the alternate timeline. Oh, yeah, she's trying to do it then yeah, too. Yeah, she's in the, the, yes. the nervous version of her, and she tries to say the line, but then she's like, "Oh God, I can't say that." I think it's, that's why I like it as much as it, it's a great line. It puts the guys in their place, and it, and it points out the bullshit absurdity of sexism in that we base all this shit on whether or not somebody has a goddamn dick. No, like I said, like I said, it works. I appreciate the impetus of it. I just think the line, the words themselves, put in that order, presented in that manner, eh. are incredibly clunky and clumsy. Eh. I think it sounds scientific. I think it sounds forward. I think it sounds exactly like something a character I like think her it would sounds, say. Yeah, I do think it sounds like something she would say. I like it. Like, as soon as she said scientific, I'm like, yeah, no, it sounds like something she would say. Doesn't mean it's a good line. <laughs> I do. I do. I think it's a good line. I think it was written well for her. I think she delivered it well. It's one it was... of the few things we disagree yeah, on. No, it's fine. It's, it's fine. I like it. We have to disagree on something, right? right? It has to happen eventually. But yeah, um, so they go on a mission through the gate with Sam. Oh. Can we just take a moment to reflect on the part where they're um, going through and she's tapping it? The exact same it. way yeah. that Daniel did on his first yeah. trip through. Yeah. And then Jack just shoves, shoves her, her through. through. <laughs> Beautiful. He's like, ah, okay, I had to cope with this enough with Daniel. We're <laughs> Poor Jack with two nerds on his team. Yeah, he never had a chance. Oh, no. I like yeah, how he's in love with them both, uh -huh, too. Uh -huh. In very, in very different ways. ways. He can't figure out how he loves Daniel. It yeah. fluctuates wildly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes from treating him like 
his replacement son like distinct like distinctly like there's some episodes where it's blatant that he's that daniel's supposed to be his surrogate son and then there's other times where it's almost flirtatious and it's like jack figure your shit out (laughs) this is either cute or gross it's like jack come on come on man yeah, so they go through. Yeah, they go through. Um, I like how they um latch onto the uh, DHD thing. Oh quick. yeah, they 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 immediately show the DHD <laughs> so that we don't have to be like, how are you getting home every time? But the point, like, my favorite part is when she mentions, you know, it took fifteen years or whatever to put together a version of it to MacGyver a version of it. She ad libbed that. She says and MacGyver tapping, ad- it. She ad libbed that. So good. That just proves to me how much I fucking love man tapping because she she's the one who the always puts the MacGyver stuff in. Hell she's yeah. the one who hums the MacGyver line. <coughs> she's the one who brings up MacGyver in the Antarctic episode. She was actually supposed to hum MacGyver, but she couldn't remember it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. She hums true. the uh, SG-1 theme in the elevator, because she that's couldn't remember great. MacGyver. That's still great. Yeah. I don't remember the MacGyver theme, and I watched, like, every episode of that right. show. I love that show. Hell, yeah, man. Hey, Christopher Judge was in it. We're gonna have episode. to do it. We're gonna have to do a special where we watch the episode where Christopher Judge was on. Hell, yeah, man. Because that is a good episode. A good I episode. like that yeah. episode. So they uh, go through. Uh, it seems empty, but there's, oddly enough, camp stuff like all over i, I said it before it's, it bugs me that they come through and it looks like an abandoned campsite kind of thing right except there's um you know they're always like cooking like had just been cooking there except there's no the fire's out great awesome there's no smoke none nothing no indication <laughs> it's like one of those little tiny details that i i'm that bitch who nitpicks on it but it's like come on guys <laughs> just put a little tiny like incense thing in there or something like a tangible Unless- smoke Unless their actual stuff is done in another room and all that stuff is set up as a, um... Yeah, distraction as a thing. Full, yeah, distraction. Yeah, right, decoy. I yeah, guess. decoy. That's the word I wanted. Decoy. Right, fine, fine, maybe, maybe. Yeah, like a duck blind. Yeah. Maybe. Exactly. Like, maybe. they cook maybe. in another room. Yeah, maybe. That was a uh, big of a thing for me, so I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. <laughs> okay, yeah, but so the point of the matter is that uh, as they're walking out, suddenly a whole bunch of people from Abydos using guns they got from the first mission... Which I am concerned with how many guns they brought. How many they brought. guns did they leave behind? Seriously. <laughs> how many did they bring through in the first place? I know, it's like, I counted kind how of the way. How did they explain like, one, two, that three, four, in the five, mission six, briefing? Like 12 or 13. Exactly. How did they explain that in the right? mission yeah, briefing? We said that when so, uh, the the Jack, movie. where are all your guns? Oh, um. Yeah, I <laughs> at the end of the movie. It's like, they all go back. It's like, do they just not talk about They the didn't bring anything back. <laughs> like, all of it. But yeah, and then more of the Sam and Jack interplay with their facial expressions against each oh, other. Oh, God. No, I love it, because J- uh, Daniel comes out, and first of all, Michael Shanks deserves so much credit in season one in particular, and especially in the pilot. He is acting as James Spader. Oh, he yeah. is doing James Spader's Daniel Jackson. He does a really good job of taking James, the, the uh, Michael... Michael Jackson. Haha, <laughs> 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 it's not just me. I know. No, we've both done it. Well, Michael Shanks and Daniel Jackson. It's like the universe wanted to troll us. Yeah. So he does a really good job of, in the pilot, it is basically him doing James Spader. Yep. And then he winds up, as season one goes along and as each of the other seasons um, progress, he just makes Daniel a little bit more and more his own. But he doesn't naturally with, like, things that are happening in the show. Mm-hmm. So by the time we get to, like, season nine, when Cameron shows up and he's just a raging bitch face, it's so good. He's made Daniel his own, and it doesn't matter. But, like, his floppy hair, and he just, he does, like, all these tiny little details that, like, he talks, he has, like, the pauses, like, 
like James Spader. Mm-hmm. He does little gestures like James Spader. Which is, I really appreciate it. But he didn't have to do that. Yeah, and I just I just loved all the scenes that they. You can see how great of actors all three of them are there, yeah. especially because of their facial acting. Because mm-hmm. their interplay. Oh yeah, it's so good. There's Sam and Jack, and then there's Jack and Daniel, and then there's Daniel and Sam, and it's just God. perfect. <laughs> Jack and Daniel, where Daniel greets Jack, and Jack looks like he's walking towards him, and then just shoves right past him to go to Scotta. Scotta. And, and Daniel's face is kind of like, like yeah, <laughs> like yeah, there it is. <laughs> and then after he's done greeting Scotta, he comes and comes back to Daniel, and Daniel's just got this look, look on like, his face, like, oh, are we now? doing this now? Do you have time for me now, Dad? Jeez. <laughs> He's God. the second favorite son. <laughs> but uh, my one of my favorite parts of this episode is definitely how excited Sam is to meet to, to Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, and how the, she doctor. made a point. She made a point in the scene with all of the soldiers that when Jack tried to call her doctor, she said no. It is you customary to refer to me by my uh, yes. by my rank. And he's like, you're fine. And then when she introduces herself to Daniel, she instantly says, doctor, because he's the scholar. Yeah. It's, it's just and different she's, levels of respect. She's got to she's gotta connect with him on that level. Oh, yeah. And she's just so happy to see him. And I just love the fact that she's like, oh, I'm Dr. Carter. And, and Jack, Jack immediately like, I thought you wanted to be called Captain. And that I little love, bitch face she gives him just, mm. <laughs> And I just love the fact that Daniel's just like, okay. And then... Like, Daniel's got, like, that subtle little sass later on when he calls her Captain Doctor. I know, it's just... Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. I swear to God he calls her that at least one other time. But if he doesn't, it's a real shame. Because yep. that just needs to be their ongoing pet... His ongoing pet name for her. Yeah. She's Captain Doctor. It's yep. such a good name. Yep. The dead look she gives him, though, when he says that. <laughs> just The look she gives Jack when he points it out. Like, just, bitch! <laughs> seething. Just for a sec. <laughs> It's so good. But yeah, so uh, basically they come through, tell him what, what happened back on Earth, and he's like, well, they didn't come from here. We have guards on this gate 36 hours a day. Yep. Oh, and, uh, you know, calling out now Share, whose name changed, and, uh, and from, you, you called it. It was actually correct. He, Shouty. They changed her name because Michael Shanks couldn't pronounce it. You looked it up? I looked I it up. I knew it. He couldn't pronounce Shari. Okay, I, okay. I love Michael Shanks' acting in this show. He does so much. Like, like I was just talking about how great he is with pulling off the James Spader and, like, yep. making it his own yep. as it progresses. He, he refuses to shit. pronounce things. He cannot pronounce He's, stuff at all. <laughs> it's amazing that the linguist of the group is the worst at pronouncing things. he has, things. like, eight different ways of pronouncing Abydos, and none of them are correct. <laughs> He's the one most notorious out of the entire team for saying gould. Oh, my God. Don't he even is, get started. He is the worst. He's just the worst with that. He's always saying gould. He never... Uh, I think Sam's the best at saying gould. That sounds about right. Amanda Tapping is on point with her diction. Her enunciation, oh, her she's diction. got really good diction. Amanda she Tapping. She has to with all that fucking science she's, she throws out. You know what it really is, too? She's, not, you know, she's a Canadian actor. You know, She's actually English. Her family, she's English. Oh, there you so go. So she has an you know, Americanized accent. She has, when you're, when you have dual everything like that, you have to get really good. Not just because you're like, not to mention acting, mm-hmm. you have to be good at that shit. She has such amazing presence, and you have to have a certain um, ability to be able to flip-flop, be able to do all different kinds of things. She's got to have a lot of presence to pull off that atrocious haircut she's got It right was now. the 90s, but yes, it's awful. I hate it. <laughs> but yeah, that's why she has an English accent in Sanctuaries, because she's actually an English actress. There you go. Yeah. But this is, you know, she does a great job, but yeah, that wouldn't make sense that she'd be the only one who pronounces it correctly. <laughs> I think I think Jack's okay with pronouncing it. For the most part. And Teal's fine. Well, I hope so. Yeah. I feel like that might have been it's a decision on Michael, on, on Christopher Judge's part. He I had think, to pronounce it correctly every time. I think, if time. I recall, 
I think if I recall, Jack does about half and half. Yeah, I can see sometimes that. he's good and sometimes he's not. Daniel never, nope. never, and it's like you are the linguist. Yeah, we're just, we're just, we're gonna have to get over that pretty fast. Yeah, I know. Okay, that is one of that's actually that is actually my biggest weird disappointment. It's a personal disappointment on my on my side of things with this show, mm-hmm. and I understand why it can't happen in a show that is forty five minutes long. I mean, this is an hour and a half, but this that is a pilot, count, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a show that each episode is like forty five minutes long, and they're going to a different planet with a different culture each time, you just don't have the time. But my dream Stargate would have the linguist of the group that speaks 27 different languages have to speak one of those languages, a different one, mm-hmm. on each planet. Yep. And have to actually do the translator job. Yep. I have this weird thing about, do you know the Miraculous Ladybug yep. cartoon? Yep. I have to watch that in French. Me too, actually. Because they're in French. Right. And I can't watch no. it in English. Like, I cannot do it. It has to be in French. No, it makes sense. Which is rough because they speak it fast. It's like totally Yoko, man. <laughs> those subtitles go by so fast. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that does suck for you on that one because I actually have, you know, the leg up on that considering I'm Canadian and I speak French. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I took French for a week. Kudos. <laughs> it's because I was also taking Japanese at the time. All right. And I went, this doesn't work. Yep. <laughs> no, that would not. Those two no, have nothing no, no. in common. Yeah, yeah, moving on. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. I just, yeah, it's it's one of my weird little pet, not, I don't even know if it's a pet peeve. It's I a just, pet peeve. <laughs> I just really want to, I just really like it. Because I like, I like languages. I like hearing those different accents. I no, like hearing sense. the, I'm it's a, a detail fan thing. of that kind of we stuff. We are detail-oriented yeah. people. It's a detail thing. I'm also a big auditory person, like, with yeah. the, yeah, yep. so. So that's one of my biggest regrets with the TV show in general. But Maybe Michael not. Shanks can't pronounce anything anyway. Right. <laughs> he can't pronounce anything for shit. He doesn't even bother. Up to no, he doesn't try. He does not try. He calls the choppa eye the choppa oh, eye. Oh, God. I just... Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, let's get back to the actual show. So, yeah, he says that they've been guarding the gate. No one's come through this way. Um, Must have come from somewhere else. Yeah. And then he kind of just, like, leaves them hanging for a bit. And he's like, I'll, I'll explain later. Uh, there's a sandstorm outside. Convenient. Let's have dinner, and I'll explain afterwards after yep. the sandstorm's gone. And then they have a little socialism. Socialism. Yeah. Socializing point. <laughs> yeah, they're all starting up their, uh... Socialism. <laughs> Down the, with capitalism. The socialist government is rising. Well, to be fair, I don't think there's a capitalist... Yeah, I don't know how that would... It would be socialism. It is, actually, yeah, yeah, they mm-hmm. are a socialist yeah, society. There you go. It, was, uh, it was meant to be. So, and then they go to their room, where they find... The, the, the here to before the unknown. The map room. The here to unknown uh, map room, which I love how he calls it a map and a chart. And at no point did they use the word star, star chart. chart. <laughs> which is what it is. I think they do in the next episode, to be honest. Yeah. I yeah. honestly think... I they think call Sam cartouche. calls it that. They call it the cartouche. He calls it a cartouche. I think she calls it a star chart. Oh, I hope so. I, hope I think. I better. swear someone calls it a star Good, chart. they better, because that annoyed me. But, okay, here's the biggest, my, my biggest problem with the episode is, and I know we were disagreeing yeah, yeah. about it when it no. happened, so it's fine, I guess, that Daniel doesn't think of it this way, but Sam is an astrophysicist. It takes an entire, what, five-minute-long scene for them to figure out this thing called stellar drift would be responsible for them not being able to connect to other gates. It takes way too long for them to figure out the stellar drift problem. This is not, no, <laughs> just no. The only thing I can say is it was the 90s. Wormholes were not as much of a discussed thing back then. I beg to differ. Farscape was on the air. I don't think Sam watches Farscape. I watch Farscape. That's all that counts. You're not they, Sam. The show later gets two actors I know. who were main characters on Farscape. The, the fact that people who write the show watch Farscape does not mean that Sam watches Farscape. Bye. 
Actually, it was 97. Like, I think the show had, like, just started. There so you go. So there's the only excuse. But yeah. So, and also, I mean, there's always, I think there's something to be said for the people who are too smart, overthinking, and overreaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I know is that it kind of bugged me how long it took before she even finally mentions Doppler Drift. I'm like, okay, cool, fine, great, moving on. <laughs> I mean, the thing that I like about that scene is the fact that Daniel gives a vague possible concept and she's the one who outlines the actual oh, no, details right. for it. Makes it. Sense, so that's what I like. Because yeah. he's kind of like, well, I don't know anything about space, but could this the be planets be moving away from each other? And she goes, yes. <laughs> Like she knows as soon as he gives like a vague yeah he gets her sent the theory, yeah she hooks she onto gets it. all the science yeah, no, down. That, that, I'm I'm fine with the scene and I'm I just think, not fine yeah. how long it takes. No, yeah, I get that, but I do like the dumbing fact, it down for the audience. Yeah, that's all it is. But I think that scene was important. That scene was there to make sure to solidify their teamwork. Oh, their set of teamwork because they're the scholars of the yeah, team. Yeah. They're the ones who are always the reason. Like Jack, we can't leave this planet. Why? So, I need to do mineral samples. You forget, me as a person, I am the epitome of, I can do both. <laughs> I can be completely acknowledging of why they yeah. do this this way, because it, it's a great way, it's it's a setting up of, thing, of sorts. It, you have to explain things to the audience, you have to, it's a great way to show the interplay between them, and how their teamwork works out. It, yeah. it's, it's a great setting up thing, but on the other hand, there's also the part of me that's just rationally going, this takes way too no, long. No. Well, <laughs> as, on the other side, I see your side of things. <laughs> But I'm just, in general, a more forgiving person of the media I consume. I'm not forgiving. Which is why slides. I'm typically the one doing the devil's advocate thing. No shit. Um, but yeah, so they figure out the stellar drift issue with the Stargates and mm -hmm. figure out, hey, we can go other Anywhere. places. Pretty much anywhere that we have a, if we have an address, we can do it. Mm -hmm. In terms of, Once as long we as it's not blocked. Yeah. As Once, long as it's not blocked or yeah, yeah. some other forse unforeseen reason. Yeah. As long as the gate is functional, we should be able to do it. Because so, math. Mm -hmm. So while they're in the cartouche room, mm -hmm. they haven't named it that yet. It will be named that later. Yep. Um, while they're in the cartouche room, everyone else at the original base camp next to the Stargate gets attacked. Yep, because that's always how it goes. Like That's like Stargate SG-1 101. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's just... How to ride an SG-1 episode. Have the team arrive. Have the team split up into two groups. Have the team at the gate get attacked. <laughs> Every time that's true. It's, it's almost a perfect they, formula. I don't know why they camp right in front of the gate. Like, get behind well, they're guarding things. it. <laughs> I know, but you could be guarding it and not be. <laughs> I know, it's always blatant. It's, yeah. But yeah, maybe so. Maybe it's a military thing, I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, so the uh, snake guards with their little glow glow eye boss. Well, yeah, another thing we disagree on. I think it's incredibly convenient timing that they show up right after they arrive. Again, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's us disagreeing. I would say it's me playing the devil's advocate <laughs> thing again, where I'm saying they went to Earth, saw, hey, Ra isn't in control of this place anymore. They've advanced and went, what's another place Ra was in charge of? Let's go check that place out. Eh. I, I don't know, man. I don't think that they plan that shit that far. I don't think they think that shit that far through. I think it's, hey, we have a new address. Let's hit this address. Except they do make a point of, um, from the beginning, acknowledging that Apophis and Ra were right, rivals. Right. But what my, my biggest problem with this is just, it's just the timing of it, because it's just so coincidental. Well, yeah. But all TV shows have coincidence. I know, I know but it's just, that's how, ah, that's how TV series go. Is, convenience is my biggest pet peeve. But, Again, I can move yeah. on from it. Fair enough. So yeah, the attack happens. Skada and Shouty. I'm gonna keep calling her Shouty because Shouty's a better name. Uh, they get taken. 
Um, Our two favorites, Chowry, Chowry and uh, Skata. Skata. And then they get back. They find the camp's been mm-hmm. um, ransacked. Yep. People are dead yep. or is dying it, on the is ground. It here, you get to hear them say, yeah, shut the eyes for the first time. They're with the next planet. Was it before they left? To go it's all, it's, in the it's, cartouche? Yeah, all it knows, the first time hearing it, it was like, yay, shut the eyes. No, no, it's when they come back, because one of the uh, one of the Abedonians says, yeah, these the men tr- came through the shop eye. Through the shop eye, that's right, there it was. And I do then, love the pilot for all those first time uses, yay. Yeah, and they just throw them out there casually, and they're yeah. like, you know this word. It's like, no, we don't. You've never said it before. <laughs> that's why I love it. Great. I do actually appreciate that. There's not a shit ton of um, exposition. It's just... No, what I... Yeah, what's great about this is the only time they do exposition is when it's Daniel or Sam rambling. Right, which is Which is natural for them. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. It's, it's one of the best parts of the show is they don't say a term and go, oh, by the way. Yeah. And then, because that always kills flow. And I do love the fact that you've got Jack there the whole time to interrupt them when they, they start, start killing off. the flow. Yeah, it's terrific. It's, it's, it's beautiful. The show purposely calls it out and then kills their potential flow killing. It's, it's great. It's, it's one of the few shows that does that. It's wonderful. I love it. There's a reason why we love this as yeah. much as we do. It's mm-hmm. well designed as a show. It's a great team. Yeah, all the flaws aside and everything, well designed show, well crafted formula for episodes and dynamic and dialogue and it was just well it's, done. It's a perfect uh, team. Like that team SG one, like the interplay between so all of them is so nice. Yeah, just good balance. They've all, all got interesting byplays yeah. between them. But yeah, so uh they find out Freddy is really hella injured but did see the gate address. Yes. Another formula you'll see a lot in Stargate. <laughs> sporadically, but it is really common. There's always that one person on the team who sees the address. It's hell. They do that in the pilot episode of Stargate Atlantis. It's yeah. just one guy who sees it. Isn't it in the pilot? Doesn't he die right after he gives it? No. Okay. It, it is something they do a lot in Stargate is there's one person <laughs> on the team who sees the um address, and they either do, what they either do is the person's too injured to, um, to say it, or they'll have it, but they don't know how it was dialed. Yeah. But there's always that one person, oh, because yeah. You, that's a convenience thing that you can call it convenience all you want. It's necessary. Well, and it it's helps. It's a necessary evil, because otherwise, it how are you going to It helps that the find? DHD is bright there, mm-hmm. and they're big, glowing symbols. Yeah. It's not that hard to see. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not like if someone's, like, dialing into their phone. <laughs> you can't, like, it's like when somebody's, like, putting a pin number in yeah. like, with their hands when over it. Yeah, it's like, I don't fucking know what they wrote. Yeah. But no, it's this giant DHD yeah. that lights yeah, I don't up really when you have press a, it. I don't yeah. really have a problem with it. And let's say it was a, a convenience. It's a necessary It's a narrative evil. thing, yeah. It, it, you have to have some... They've got to figure... There are so many planets to go to. They have to have something to get them there. I don't don't know when they... I don't know if Stargate Atlantis was the first Mm. time they did it, but there's... I just remember the one scene where they actually at some point do point out that you can go into the base of the DHD, pull out all, like, the the crystals, and you can actually see what were the last um, addresses accessed. That's got to be SGA. Yeah. Because, like, I think, like, like, yo, they attach some little electrodes to it, and they go, Mm. we have a list. We don't know what order they were done, though. Like, they just have all the the previous addresses. So they don't know which one was the most recent, but they can see which ones were done. So that until they really do that, cool. this is as good as you're going to get. No, that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, so they bring Daniel back through, mm-hmm. uh, which is really sad because, like, Jack Let's basically see. says, Daniel, you don't, have a, you don't have a choice. You have to come yeah. back through. And, like, I, I do hate that, though. He goes, you're coming through. I have orders. It's like, because like, you listened to them last time. <laughs> it's like, Daniel doesn't know the interplay that he had, the, the dialogue with him and Yeah, <laughs> but... Hammond will know this time. No, I, I know. It's like, we know that, but it's a crack. it just cracks me with, I have orders. <laughs> the fact that Daniel doesn't usually go, yeah, because you didn't listen. <laughs> like, what is that supposed to mean? Well, Daniel's mourning because Shouty was taken. I, I just, He's that, not as That right scene mind. just kind of cracks me yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, you know. 
but there was this really when he tells Daniel, "No, you have to leave." Yeah. There's this really sweet moment where he gathers all of the remaining Abaddonians um, around him, and they all come around him as a, in a circle. And he basically tells them, "Hey, I have to go, but I'll be back within a year. If I'm not back within a year, you need to bury the Stargate." <laughs> And that was what I was I, I mentioned when we were watching it. That's actually for a lot of shows, it's a narrative thing with the whole, especially like the one year storyline. Oh yeah. But yeah. there's always that shoehorn thing where it's like, well, I have to go. I'll be back. That tends to be shoved in not that gracefully. They do a really good job with like how they, they had to do it quickly. They had to kind of ease it in. And it's often pretty difficult, but they did a good job with how they did it. You know, they yeah. it became necessary and it wasn't too shoehorned in, and he delivers it. Oh, well. yeah. I think he's, it, like, tearing I up. I think the mo- majority of the reason why this was done well is enough his is that delivery. Is his acting. Yeah. Michael yeah. Shanks, as always, and It's just a such actor. a great moment, because they don't even speak. They just, like, start, like, hugging him. Oh, and, like, I know. There's doing all that his hands reaching thing. out to touch his head. That whole head. spiritual leader thing, as he's you were this, calling it. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, because, it's like, without words, you're seeing that he's, like, their spiritual leader. Like, he's not their actual leader. That's Kasuf. Kasuf yeah. is still alive. We don't somewhere. see him in this, yeah. uh, but he is still alive. But Daniel is like their spiritual leader. He came, he freed them from their their false god. Mm-hmm. He started teaching them how to how to read. Like he's he's their spiritual leader, and like oh sh- the fact that he's leaving in this time of need is rough. Yeah, I just realized because we know that later on Kasuf comes back. Mm-hmm. Alexis Cruz is the only person that appears in this episode who was in the movie. Yeah. He's the only one. Yeah, because I, I, I always great. I always thought about the two of them together, but no, he's Alexis Cruz yeah. and Scott. Kasuf does not show yeah, up in this episode. He shows up <laughs> right before the Narcissus episode, basically. Yeah, 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 that one. So yeah, great, beautiful acting, crying, mm-hmm. goodbye episode scene, <laughs> goodbye episode. That'd be terrifying. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> one episode TV show. Goodbye. <laughs> Whole new meaning to the phrase miniseries. <laughs> Ooh, oh man. But yeah, and then we actually cut to a scene uh, wherever the bad guys are, which is. Freaking medieval castle. Yep. And you I finally th- see Blonde Soldier, who's, oh yeah, that's right, she was taken, that's right, yeah, I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. Where it shows um, the guards, who we f- we'll find out at like the end of the episode, are called Jaffa, and that's where all the people they've been abducting are. The harem. Yeah, they, it's based, it is a room full of relatively attractive women in white. Yeah, the white and gold, or if it looks very virginal. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. There's like all the, um... The fancy, fancy threading and stuff. But yeah, um, so Blonde Soldier gets taken into a room on her own and gets inspected, basically, uh, and found wanting and killed. Yep. Oh, crap, we forgot to mention when they take uh, Share, that creepy livestock thing. Oh, God. Thing. It's like, on the We both at the same time went, ugh. <laughs> we know why they did it. But it's still disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was checking her teeth like you do for livestock to make sure she was healthy. Oh, it was not good. Like, at least the show doesn't um, shy away from the fact that what they're doing is gross. Yep. <laughs> that yeah. they're treating people like livestock. They're not treating them like people. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, so they do that thing with blonde. Yeah, there. she she gets found wanting, she gets killed. Uh, and then we go back to SGC, Stargate Command. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Hammond is explaining the new Stargate program to everyone gathered there. Yep. Uh, and he's outlining, um, the first team, SG-1, and saying that Jack's going to lead. And I love the scene 
because he starts to tell Daniel that he'll stay on base and, like, consult with all of them because he's the culture expert. He knows 27 languages. He knows all these cultures. He's an anthropologist, archaeologist, linguist. Yep. It, that is the job he's best suited for. And in the middle of him telling Daniel this, Daniel just goes, no. It's so good. I, I do love the, his, like, little, <laughs> Yeah, he's just interrupts head, Hammond. Head, head bops himself, No. <laughs> Just interrupts him, like, no. And I just love how this is the beginning of Daniel's just ruining the military complex. Just like, no, you can't tell me what to do. Yep. (laughs) And it's so good because, like, Daniel does not get treated, does not get greeted fondly or happily by Hammond when he comes through. Oh, that cold shoulder, man. Yeah, Hammond is not happy about him at all. And yet, in this scene, it is clear how much power Daniel still holds. Mm, Yeah. Hello, man. Civilians. Woo! Yeah, a, a civilian. A civilian that is legally dead right now. And the civilian that is responsible for them opening the gate in the first place. And the one who is going to help them find all of the new addresses. Right. Like, he's got a lot of power. He has a lot of veto power, and he's aware of it. And Hammond just has to kind of swallow it and deal with it. Because mm-hmm. Daniel says, no, I'm going to be on the SG-1 team. Yep. I'm going to be on that first contact team. Yeah, you need Because he wants to find his wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he has his priorities. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, and then we cut back to the bad guys again. Mm-hmm. Where Shouty is taken. Yeah. Where she is chosen. And she is actually, actually chosen. Yep. Which, Which is fair. She is very attractive. It's funny that you uh, pro- uh, that you put it that way because um, if, uh, okay, again, I'm gonna pronounce this wrong. I, I do every time. I'm sure. I, let's just call him Michael Shanks in this moment, sure, because I can't pronounce people's names. Vatier uh, Ben Bandier Ben. I, yeah, her. The chick who plays Shari. Shari. Yeah, she was actually in the running to play Shari for the movie, but lost out to the um, to the other actor. And then it's like, well, that's okay. You get to play her in the TV show. <laughs> it was great that they like found her again, yeah. or maybe she heard Stargate was happening again. She's like, I lost out on this right. last time. I will not lose out I mean, again. It works out well considering how like, she and Michael Shanks end up getting. You know, they were together. They had a kid yeah. and everything, so that works out nicely. Only problem with that scene for me is not not necessarily oh. the gratuitous nudity. It's the rape. It's the rapey tongues. aspect. It's the fact that one of the guards when he's picking her up fondles her boob. You can see him grabbing her her chest. It's like ew. I'm not sure. If I, I it could have been an accident. It didn't really look like one. It just it just it was unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, it's not a great scene. But I mean, you're not supposed to enjoy. Yeah, you're not it. supposed to be happy. Like, so. like I said, mm-hmm. she's a very attractive girl. Woman. Yeah. Woman. I hope she's not a girl. That's crazy. No, that would be scary. <laughs> That's a whole extra layer. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's. I mean, you're not. You're supposed to be creeped out. You're supposed to not like these people for treating people like this. Yep. And it works. They do a good job with it. Yeah, that's true. It's very unpalatable. Yeah. Thankfully, though, the, the rapey aspect undertone is um, underplayed by the fact that the goal don't think of them as you know potential rape victims. They literally consider them livestock. Yep. They're just hosts for their sneakiness. <laughs> yep. So, uh, SG-1 goes through, uh, the address that Ferretti saw yep. the soldiers, um, the snake soldiers, uh, type in, and they come out on Chulak. Yay, Chulak! And they run into a bunch of people who look like they're going on, like, um, sabbatical or something? Yeah, yeah, like a, like a pilgrimage type. Pilgrimage! Sort of. That's the word I wanted. You know. Listen, maybe they're on a sabbatical, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know them. Yeah, a little, a little, uh... Entourage of priests, yeah, heading towards the uh, gate, and they all hide off to the side, 
except immediately, as soon as Jack turns his shoulder away from Daniel, Daniel's out and yep. in front of them yep. and talking. And one of and our favorite lines. Oh, yeah. That man does not change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for, oh, and the first time you said, for crying out loud. Yes, it is. So I good. love Jack's for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's great, because this is something Jack's going to have to start getting used to. Right. Like, is him telling Daniel, stay here. And as soon as he turns his back, Daniel's gone. gone. That was always a joke in my family, is whenever my uh, whenever we were at like Costco or a park or anything, we, my mom and my sister and I would be off for it somewhere, and we'd turn around, my dad's just gone. Crap, he's gone. Where'd he go this time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we lost him. Where is he? <laughs> oh, we lost, we lost Daniel. Oh, he's around here. Some, although, there he is, doing something stupid. Yeah. Yeah, so he uh, talks to them. He does a tiny bit. This is like the one time this show humors me and has Daniel playing translator. Like, they do it a couple times in season one, and then they never bother again. Yeah, it's usually just him gesturing a lot more than anything. But, uh, yeah, so he finds out, uh, he talks to them, does a little bit of translating, and, uh... Then Tilk becomes, like, the liaison towards the, uh... True. A little later, it's weird. Uh, well, he's traveled more than That's good, it makes sense, I like it. Yeah. Uh, so they find out that um, there's a place where the choosing is supposed to be happening. That's a weird phrase. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, take us to that. Take us to that. They're clearly being mistaken as gods again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Again. When they bow and Dan just goes, please don't do yeah, that. Yeah, I love it. He's, He's just like so embarrassed God. by it. It's so cute. He's adorable. He's so tired of people bowing to him. That's actually a beautiful direct parallel to when they did that in the movie. He almost said the exact same thing in the movie. Oh, please don't do that. Right. But yeah, yeah. So they get him to take him to uh, Chula. Mm-hmm. The capital. Yes. Which, uh, I love the blending of cultures, because it's medieval English-style uh-huh. looking castle, and then the people inside are all, are all Greek-ish. Greek, yep. And then you have your Egyptian gods, and it's just, it's a cool melding. The show is cool. Yeah. I, I love the um, direct nod to what the gold have done mm-hmm. to Earth's cultures. Like, they haven't, they haven't really explored that yet. Oh, yeah. But it'll come up. But they this is the first the, uh, glimpse. They haven't even called them the Tyree yet. Yeah, true. I think they will by the next episode. I'm sure, I'm sure the next episode's gonna be the one. But yeah, uh, so they go in to, like, a banquet, and while they're there, Apophis Peter's walks in with his new queen. Oh, Shouty. Yeah, look at that, it's Shari. And then Daniel does the dumbest thing. Yeah. He he flips out, tries to fling himself at Shouty, and everyone gets captured. Yep. I wonder how, we should, like, do a separate tally of how many times the group gets captured as a direct result of Daniel's actions. It would be every time. It would be a one-to-one. There's a few times it's, like, Dan, you know, it's, um, Jack trying to, like, save some shit or whatever. 99% of the time it's I, Daniel. Yeah, I, would, I would not disagree. But, yeah, so they get captured. They get brought to the medieval castle where everyone else is being kept uh, captive. And it is a nice blending of different types of cultures you see being captive there. It's clear they've been going to a lot of different planets. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite background character has not really shown up yet, so let's leave that alone for a minute. But uh, they're there. Um, Teal'c, uh, the first prime of Apophis, yep. the guy who's been in charge of like selecting people to take along this whole time, speaks to them at one point because he uh, recognizes the watch that Jack is wearing as something too advanced for the cultures that have been under Gold um, rule. Yep. He's like, no, Gold wouldn't let you advance this far. What the hell is this? And uh, Jack tells him, we're from Earth. That doesn't mean anything to an alien. But he does display some intelligence and some separate kind of thinking, less yeah. like, you know, brainwashiness. That's definitely the first moment that you can that they see that, that he's got some personality. Something they Which can is why Daniel kneels down yeah. and draws 
the point of origin mm-hmm. for Earth, and instantly Teal'c knows what's up, and wipes through the point of origin, and then walks away. Yep. And then, like, for the rest of the scene, Jack and Teal'c just keep exchanging, like, meaningful eye glances, as um, another person uh, for the children of the gods is being chosen. Instead of the wife, it's the children of the gods now. Yep. And at first it looks like someone's going to pick Daniel, because Daniel throws himself yeah, at them. Yeah, that um, very sad line of how much the host remains. Yeah, the something of the host survived. That thing, yeah. Yeah, um, but, but no, no. But Skata winds up getting chosen, and, um... Lex's crew should have, uh, gotten a better contract, gotten a bit, made a main to a main character, then he would have survived. There you go. <laughs> Back quite you know a few what times. I mean. Every time, it's like if the main character's ever in danger, you know it's gonna be whatever background character instead. Fair, but yeah. Um, and so with the children of the gods being chosen, Apophis says, "Okay, kill the rest of them." Right. And uh, everyone freaks out. And my favorite fucking scene. Oh yes, yes. You you love this scene. Go I for it. I love it because you know they, they start going into their kill line, mm-hmm. kill formation. Everyone's freaking out. Of course, it's me on that. And you can they can see you can see as the audience that. Jack and the and company can tell that Teal'c isn't just, you know, more intelligent, less brainwashed, whatever. You can see, like, little subtle facial twitches of his that he's not entirely happy with the situation. Perhaps as if this. he's aware that he can't do anything about it, mm-hmm. but wishes he could. So you have that moment where Jack takes a shot, and all this shit's about to go down, and he screams at Teal'c, I can save these people. Help me. And Teal turns around and goes, Many have said this before. And then he turns and shoots his own fucking soldier and then turns back to Jack and tosses him a staff. But you're the first, I believe, can actually uh-huh. do it. It's like, yeah! That moment. <laughs> it's that just bond so epic. forms between the two of it's, them. It's a weirdly epic scene. And Christopher Judge is a god in oh, that he's moment. Because so he's just, the Even way he with does that it. that stupid peeling symbol oh, on his How forehead. is it that in 10 years they never perfected that thing? I just, I can't. But yeah, so bad. Christopher Judge, his voice is amazing, his acting is amazing, his face is amazing, but the way he, this one moment just encompasses everything with many have done it before, turns back, shoots his own fucking soul, it's like, oh damn! It's just, it's, it's, it's well done. <laughs> it's just a great scene, and I love that line. So, uh, they get to turn traitor. Hell yeah, man. And, uh, blast a hole in the wall and get everyone out. Right. Not just their own people, everyone else who was kept captive there. Mm-hmm. And my favorite background <laughs> character of the episode... Caveman dude with blonde little prim, boy dude prim well dressed little boy that he's like keeping close to him to make sure he doesn't like run off or get yeah. hurt or anything and as the pilot and so on so we we can't be entirely sure but we're fairly sure we we basically decided this is these are definitely characters from the Broca Divide episode yeah. there's a few episodes from now it's a great um episode it's about, a pretty good episode there are a couple like issues it. with it oh, i think it's because it parallels humanity oh yeah uh, progress with what we came from like who we were versus i who we love are. all of, oh. almost all the stuff on planet i'm not a super fond of the weird alpha yeah. mate stuff that happens on that's its own yeah. difficulty yeah but, yeah but caveman dude is a great i love potential, it like i don't know if they've planned that far ahead yet or anything but they definitely went back and took the detail yeah. and mm-hmm. went with it because caveman dude is almost for sure from broken and i love him because later on, when they basically, uh, they're fleeing back to the gate to get out. Yeah. Um, he has a deal... lot of appearances. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's gotta be some, like, he's gotta be, like, related to someone. I don't know, man. Or 
Maybe he's like a big character actor. Yeah, in but it's like Canada. according to the credits, credits his, he doesn't have a name. It's just Primitive Man. But the guy's I like his middle name was Bear. I can't remember his full name, but it was something Bear Curtis or whatever. And it was like, yeah. So yeah, they're all fleeing back to the gate. Um, they're getting shot at from the sky and all that stuff. During the time, the gold leave through the gate on their own. Daniel and Jack both try to make one last bid to get Scotta and Shadi away and fail. But then they have to worry about getting everyone else back to the SGC safely. Yep. And, like, they've got certain people, like, defending the gate while everyone else is going through. There's a great scene where Sam is, like, backseat dialing over Daniel's shoulder. I feel like they have to work together on it because they haven't, you know, established that uh-huh. yet. And then Daniel's flipping through his notebook and then he finds it. Because they're like, come on, come on, come on. And he finds it. And he's, like, a little folded up piece of paper. And he's like, I love this little tiny moment where you can see him looking at Sam going, like, oh, cool, I found it. It was folded up. She's like, Daniel, get point. <laughs> Jesus. Focus. All of that star glamour that she had for him earlier is gone. And they take five seconds to show this brief moment it of Daniel going, that, oh, look at this, I it have it. took her that mission off planet to be like, never mind, I'm not dazzled by you anymore. I just love it because it just they take the five seconds to show that Daniel is that guy who will stop in the middle of a fucking firefight oh, running for their lives to go, oh, look, 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 look it, it was folded up, that's why I couldn't find it. Daniel, focus. <laughs> He's 100% the guy who would do that. Like, not the fucking time, Daniel, Jesus. I love it. Oh, uh, yeah. But while everyone's, like, going through the gate and, like, certain soldiers are defending it and everything, Caveman Dude is right next to Kowalski hucking grenades at the bad guys. It's so good. He doesn't know what these things he's throwing well, I, are. Yeah, at one point, I, see, I swear to God, at one point I see, like, a sling in his hand. Like, a primitive weapon kind of thing. Like, he doesn't know, need to know what it is. He just yeah. knows that it's a rock-type thing, and he throws it's rocks. It's so good. I love him. He's my favorite character in this episode. <laughs> It's really funny how he, he says nothing. He says nothing. I love him. I love him deeply. And then squeezes one guy in armor to death or whatever. <gasps> yes, he does. He literally like chokes the guy out. Uh, which while does... wearing metal armor, mm-hmm. mind you. Unfortunately, this is the guy who dies. And as he dies, the snake that was in him. Oh yes, when uh, these people who were being chosen as hosts were chosen. These little snake, these disgusting, like, snake kind of creatures were coming out and, like, installing themselves in their brain stems. Like, they'd go in through, uh, the back of the neck normally. Yep, yep. Normally. Oh, we'll get to the other guys <laughs> yeah. later. Uh, when this guy falls after getting choked to death by Caveman Dude, the snake that was in him flings itself out at high velocity at the nearest living person, who happens to be Kowalski. I think it goes in through his throat. I don't think it no, goes... No, it, it, you can see it. it, it oh, it went through the back side. Back of the neck, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, the tail is poking out the back of the neck. There we go. Oh, crap, another thing we missed was how much fun must it have been during the scene where, um, Shara is possessed, where she's, you know, naked and you see the snake appearing between her boobs. Oh, God! The guy who has, the guy to, has to be pushing it some poor guy off-screen who's <sighs> having to slide this gooey snake thing between her boobs on. It's like, the joys of acting, everybody. Oh, God. This is what they don't tell you about acting. <laughs> oh, man. That scene was a riot. But, yeah, so you see, you see, you do see it poking out of the back of his neck. Okay, so, yeah. But, basically, he gets possessed as well. <laughs> we don't see anything else happen with that immediately. We just see it go into his neck. And then everyone else gets through the gate, the lens that they installed to, like, keep people from coming through unwelcome gets closed, and Jack gets to explain who the heck all these other people he brought through are. (laughs) And he explains, hey, we got someone on the other side to turn traitor, and I want him on my team. And Hammond's kind of like, are you crazy? That's basically how I'm like, no, what? No! 
But I do like how it's setting up for the second episode with Kowalski. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I. Uh, it's so great. You you pointed out when we were the watching it. The well, but even before then, you have that really nice framing. Uh, when it goes oh, like it yeah. turns away and it's like it's on Cammon and he's like saying like no, we can't take one of one of the main guys working for the bad guy and like it turns around and it like. It goes back to the team, and it's the main four all standing framed. in a row next to each other. Beautifully framed. With Stargate framed behind them. Yep. It's such a good setup. And, like, basically they have, like, a back and forth, and they never really confirm that Teal'c's gonna be on Jack's team. Jack's like, he's gonna be on my team. Yeah, and Hammond's kind of like, uh, But they kind of just like, okay, we need to get all these people checked in, we need to get your mission briefing taken care of, and they start to walk off. As they walk off, you see, oh, Kowalski was behind them the whole time. Yep. And that's that moment where you realize it was foreshadowed beautifully earlier on, because that, the dick character, the oh, guy yeah. who was always, you know, making little snide comments, the one who was trying to encourage Hammond to lock out the IDCs already and everything, and, well, they're not back yet, time to call him off his dead. He, as, you know, they're about to leave for Chulak, he talks to um, Kowalski and says, I wish I was going with you. And Kowalski makes it, you know, a little snide, you know, smirk, and goes, I'm kind of glad you're not. And it's like yeah. that moment of, like, heh, heh, cough, cough. But it's actually pretty well foreshadowed, in a, you know, not stupidly obvious yeah. way. But that's like, uh -huh, and now you know why. Because they go off from their framing moment, and who's behind them? Kowalski. And it's so great, because he literally just walks towards the camera. He's looking at the camera. And he's doing that, that thing where, where um, they look slightly, they look off. slightly yeah. to the left corner or whatever. Yeah, it's weird, because it's like, he's clearly supposed to be looking at the camera. I think, like, he's well, been trained they're not so supposed to do well. The fourth, they're not I know, the yeah. Wall. They don't want to break the fourth wall. Well, no, the only reason that you would have for him to be walking directly at the camera like that is if they are kind to breaking the fourth right, wall. Right, but that, that's, what, that's why they have that thing where they look where to look the left a little corner. Off. But yeah, basically, he walks towards the camera, looks at the camera, and then his eyes, eyes glow. glow. And then, end episode. Well done. It's such a it's good, good. end. It's good. It's ominous as oh. shit. <laughs> and it's like, well, we know what's happening in the next episode. Right? We know it. what we're gonna have to deal with then. That's what the title ended with. Yeah, ooh, I wonder what that's gonna happen. Hmm. Mm, maybe it's Teal'c. Maybe it's the advisor guy. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's the primitive. Maybe it's Daniel. <laughs> I don't know, guys. We'll, we'll just have how to figure it out. How dare you? How very how dare you besmirch the the non-name of the primitive man? I will defend him to my death. Yep. I actually did look him up. He uh shows up a lot in his IMDb credits as SG1 because they just every time they re-released, it just it re-shows him up and says he actually died the same year the show ended. Huh. 2007. Wow. Yeah. It's like, all right, well that's because he was weirdly awesome I as this him. random yeah, caveman. He was one of the last guys to go yeah. through the gate. And then he shows and, like, like, they, had all this, they had all the guns pulled on him, and he does like this rawr. And the guys with the guns. He has fun with it. I, I love him. I love him. He's my favorite part of this episode. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's great. It's a fucking great episode. It's, it's a great pilot. It's oh, a show. It's well. a very solid. Like, they cover a lot of things. They don't do a lot of unnecessary exposition. Yep. They set up the interplay between the main characters. It's a delight. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's not a perfect show, but it is a good pilot. So, uh, so how, I think we both say this is a thumbs up, yeah? Yeah, thumbs this up. This a thumbs up? Yep. I'm definitely a Jack in this <laughs> one. I'm definitely on more of a Jack than Daniel this oh, one. Oh, man. Um... Because how many times did I accidentally say his little uh, snarky liner before yeah. he did? I'm not totally sure on either one, but considering after just one Mike's Hard, I'm already a little lightheaded. <laughs> I might have to say I'm a Daniel because I'm a cheap date. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to go with that. I'm not. I would be the one to run after the new shiny thing that's interesting. 
I have literally seen this. I believe this entirely to be true. Okay, I guess I'm to Daniel again. Because you and Daniel are both magpies. Fair. You build your little For nests. For the same to things, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no one on the main team died this episode. Well done, guys. Right? Well done. Nobody died this episode. Yes, round, round of applause for everybody. No one got shot and killed. Woo! So yeah, uh, next week is going to be uh, technically episode one. It's episode two. Episode two. The of Enemy Within. The Enemy Within. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find me on Twitter at It's Mel Not Liss, or Liss at It's Liss Not Mel. Uh, or you can email us at Point of Origin Cast at gmail.com or you can write your message on the side of a tissue box and throw it through the nearest wormhole and now the joke finally makes sense uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you can find the links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes and if you like the show don't forget to subscribe and leave a review <laughs> thank you for joining us today on our incursion through the iris and until next time 